This pastor made 9,993 calls. 5,016 people were not home. He shared with people literature, 4,311 of them, and only 666 refused the literature. He just doesn't talk about sharing his faith. He shares what he believes. We'll talk with Pastor Roy Jameson about sharing literature. You don't want to miss this passionate practitioner. Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we will share best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Welcome, Pastor Roy, to Ministry in Motion. Thank you. Good to be here. So you shared all of this literature. You went literally yourself and knocked on thousands of doors. You know, it's amazing to me. Many pastors have a little hesitancy with sharing literature. But you have this premise that not all literature is good, but not all literature is bad. What about sharing from other denominational um, literature? How do you feel about that? Okay, I don't share a lot from other denominations, but I do read a lot on how they share. Okay. And when I was just beginning my ministry, somebody subscribed to me, and I don't know who it was, <laughs> but it was a magazine, Southern Baptist magazine on sharing your faith. And I read that every month. And there was a little article there on let's go soul winning. Just a little article every month on going out and visiting. Mm. And that was what got me interested. Now, I'd been a call porter selling literature books when I was a high school student. Started sure. at 17. Mm. And uh, so giving out literature and visiting wasn't something that was new to me once I became a minister. Sure. I had done my way through high school, earning a living, selling Christian literature. Mm. There obviously was a benefit for you to do that. I mean, you and your wife, uh, we began the program. You actually contacted over 9,000 people yourself. You shared over 4,000 pieces of literature. And I don't know what time piece that was or time period, but the mere fact that you kept up with it is, is amazing to me about how much you shared. What has been the benefit for you of sharing literature and sharing your faith personally in the community? Well, when you share your faith, it builds your faith. Okay. You know, uh, th this is just one way to build faith. But I moved up to this new district and... Uh, it was winter time, and I thought, I'll just look through the church and see what there is for literature, for other things. Too cold to go out and work, 40 below <laughs> there. And so I found this box of literature that had been used about 10 years before. It had been started to use, and then they run out. But it was current material. It wasn't something that was outdated as far as its uh, artwork, 
mm -hmm. as far as what it was talking about. It, it was current, and I think every church has a little bit of current literature that can be used. Sure. So I decided I would use that about 300 uh, pieces of literature and uh, give that out, go door to door. Wow. I, uh, so that was how I started. Okay. And once it got involved, it kind of just grew. How did you introduce yourself when you knocked on the doors? Good morning or good afternoon. I'm Roy Jameson, minister with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. Just dropping by to leave something with you, not coming to talk or preach. Just, mm. just saying hello and getting, greeting you. Sure. And uh, for the most part, people open their doors to you? This was, yes, 20 years ago. People were okay. still a little more open than they are today. Sure. Uh, about half the people would take the literature. Okay. Pretty well, almost half the people would take it. Yes. And so some, not with great enthusiasm, but yeah, we, we'll look at it. Got it. You know, our church produces a lot of literature. Um, the message is going out like the leaves of autumn, but there may be a lot of duplication. And generally, when you go to different churches as a pastor, you find old literature, you find new literature. Should we throw the old literature out, or have you found that even sharing outdated literature as far as the date on it is still relevant? That would depend. Uh, I would not use literature with artwork that is old, that okay. uh, dates it. Okay. Uh, you know, there's stuff from the 50s, 60s that the artwork is dated. Sure. You get it newer, it's, it's different. Okay. Uh, something that's, if it deals with current events, then it should be current events, not something that happened 1962. Got this it. is the great story of the year that you say, you know, and it, they look at 1962, that guy's bluffing somewhere. <laughs> so you need to make sure that it's current in its context. Got it. And the gospel is always current. Yes. Sometimes the methods we use or the illustrations we use are not current. And so you've got to be careful when you pick up old literature. You can't just say, hey, here it is. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> wow. You know, you pastored in a place called Fort McMurray. And uh, was that in Manitoba that province? Was in northern, northern Alberta. Northern Alberta. Northern Alberta. Yeah, and, and God bless you, a town of 42,000 people. Um, what happened as you pastored in that area? Well, I was part of the ministerial, ministerial association. Okay. And so the ministers all knew me, which is a good thing. So uh, would you advocate that ministers in their town or city or a rural place should be a part of a non-denominational or interfaith? Uh... I always join. Okay. I always join. Wonderful. And, uh, it gives you an inside track sometimes. It gives you a little bit of information. Sure. When I was working in Fort McMurray, uh, I would knock on their doors, same as anybody else, <laughs> and say, hey, here I am. I'm, I'll, I'll just let you know what I'm doing in town. Sure. Rather than, you know, I'm just letting you know. Uh, we had one time had talked in ministry you know, that less than 10% go to church. Like mm. one man said, not even a tithe of the people 
attend church. Hmm. So if I was giving out literature, I wasn't butting in on his district. Uh, there were still nine, 90% people that needed to hear the gospel no matter which one did it. Sure. So the, they were open to, yeah, it's a good idea. Bless you, you know. Yeah. So it, it wasn't something that they said, hey, he's taking our members. Okay. The, the feeling wasn't there at all. Right, right. Well, I tell you, I want to hear more about Fort McMurray. It is a place that God blessed you to connect with people. And you've got a few stories to share about your connection. I want you to hold, hold fast and you stay with us. You're watching Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. We're talking with a passionate practitioner, Pastor Roy Jameson. You moved to a town in northern Alberta, in Canada, and God bless you to help the community, to connect with the community. Any stories from Fort McMurray that you can share about the blessing of sharing literature? Thank you. Uh, we, the first thing we did was use up the literature that had been sitting around. Okay. And then... By that time, the members knew what I was doing. They were ready to buy into the program and say, whatever literature you want, we'll supply it. And so from then on, I used the signs of the times. Wonderful. This, and I put my business card on it okay. so that they knew who I was, that I was open to visiting, uh, conduct weddings, funerals, baptisms, and uh, was, was interested in them. Sure. And from then on, we used the signs of the times. If there was an interest, if I sensed there was an interest, I'd mark down the house number and call back in six months. Mm. But you couldn't call back too soon, but I was hoping to cover the whole city before I'd be transferred. 42, and it 000. took me four years to cover it. I finished just before I moved away. So you covered every house in Fort McMurray. Every house except the apartments where you had to go in and buzz every number. I left them out. I had to cut somewhere. <laughs> and the Lord will forgive me. I'm not panicking over it. <laughs> I, I, I did work the four years. Yes. But I, I covered the rest of it. Now, uh, Pastor Roy, you've actually kept personal records of your visits. Is that right? I have the original here, yes. Wow. And uh, this just mentions uh, the magazines. Uh, I made 9,993 9 calls. Yes. Uh, 5,016 5, were not home, just a little over half. Okay, let me stop you for a moment. If you make 9,000 telephone calls, how long does that take you? I've never tried. <laughs> <laughs> You've never added it up, have you? No, no. That is amazing. That is amazing that you did that. And uh, did people ever hang up on you? Oh, no, this wasn't on they the phone. This was door to door. Door to door. All, all this was door to door. So you're calling the calls actually knocking, knocking on, on the doors. door. Yes. Visiting the home, they see <laughs> my face. How long did that take you? Four years. 
Four years. Four years. That's now, amazing. Now, when, I, like I say, I would call back in about six months if I thought there was a good interest. Okay. And uh, that's what I did. And then, also, after a year and calling back two or three times, if they were still showed an interest, I'd offer them the Signs of the Times magazine, one-year subscription. Hmm. Church said they will pay for every subscription that I will find for them. I see. And so uh, we were up to, uh, I think, uh, 78 subscriptions, which isn't high, but it's 78, 78. Sure, yeah. sure. And uh, tell me, when people allowed you to come into their homes, and this was 20 years ago, as you, you have expressed, did you find a common thread? Uh, did people reject prayer? Were they open to um, you meeting their family members? Or were they very short and curse? Uh, tell me about going inside of strangers' homes. These were cold calls knocking on doors. Uh, the first round, there wasn't a lot coming in, and I didn't try to get in. Okay. Uh, the worst thing you can do is put a foot forward and have it slammed on you. <laughs> and people are very, very uh, cautious about letting anyone in. Sure. So I, I never tried going in. I'd speak to them at the door. Okay. Some would invite me in. Hmm. Um, I remember one lady. She, we were sitting at the kitchen table. Lady in her 70s, probably. Yes. And she said, you know, I appreciate the work you're doing. I remember the last time a minister came visiting in the community. He was driving a horse and buggy and I was a preschooler. <laughs> oh, wow. I haven't seen a minister going visiting door to door since, she said. I can't let that pass. <laughs> what would you say to young ministers who may be watching about the importance of visitation? Visit, but don't push. Okay. We are reflectors of mm. the Lord. Sure. We're not spotlights where we're saying, hey, this is what you better do. Okay. We're reflectors of Christ's mercy, goodness, and grace. Sure. And on the first visit, just share grace and friendship. Don't try pushing in her. Uh, they will ask if they're interested. And I've had people ask. Yeah. You know, and invite in, but don't push it at the door. Let me ask you, I'm going to twist this just for a moment. With you visiting 9,000 homes and sharing 4,000 pieces of literature, and it took you four years to go through those four homes, did you ever visit your congregation? <laughs> Our congregation wasn't that big. Okay. Uh, we had uh, about 50 members. Okay. I had two other churches. Uh, about 20 in each of the other two churches. They were smaller churches. I see. So I had time to visit my members and also time to do this work. And Wonderful. maybe if I'd had a bigger church, I might not have done it. Sure. You know, so uh, for those that have 300 members, don't feel guilty sure. if you can't do this because a minister can only do so much. Sure. But I didn't want to sit home and just study and make sermons. I enjoy preaching, Yes, our work is out there. Uh, that's an admirable uh, example that you've set for other ministers, to God be the glory. 
Now, as you have visited people and gone in their homes, each visitor has different, uh, each person you visited, has, they have different gifts, different personalities. Uh, how did you handle all of the varied, because when you knock on a door and you've never been there, you don't know who's going to answer that door. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Sometimes you bomb out. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, on Hope Channel, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sometimes you, you just don't get, do the right things. You know, it just, you know, so I'll, sure. I'll be honest. Yes. And we all blow it once in a while. Sure. But usually, just by being friendly and stepping back rather than stepping ahead, you take them off, you take the pressure off a little bit. And gentleness is a lot better than saying, I've got something important to tell you and I'm going to tell you. Sure. That turns them off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jameson, hold that thought because I want to talk to you more about this wonderful passion that God has given you and maybe it will be effectual towards us. You're watching Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Pastor Roy, you visited 9,000 people in one town. And obviously God placed this burden on your heart to connect with your community. What would you say to me, to our viewers and listeners, to others? Do we all have a responsibility? Well... We all have a responsibility, but we have different gifts. Okay. So if a person doesn't do it like I did it, okay. he's still a good man, better okay. than I am. So that's okay. But in my last district that I moved to, and uh, it was Pastor Dan Jackson that called me back from Alberta to come and work in Manitoba. Sure. And the district ahead was a rural district, mm -hmm. uh, 150 miles long, 40 to 60 miles wide, depending on where the lake and the mountains met. And there was a few mountains in Manitoba, smaller than here, but yeah. Yes. So anyway, but I thought I will mark out this district and I will visit every rural person. I won't cover the towns because some of the towns are big, but I'll cover every rural district with a Signs of the Times magazine, okay. my name on it, and let them know that I'm available. And that was one goal that I set myself to do. You know, this is not in uh, a very warm place. Did you visit in the wintertime also? I did fall, spring, and summer. <laughs> I did summon, I did callbacks in the winter. Okay. If I had interest, I would call back in the winter. Okay. But when I was going door to door, I, because some of those roads... Even though there's residents on them, yes. it gets snowed in. Hmm. And I had municipal maps or county maps where people lived. So I wasn't wasting time going where there was nobody down the end of the road. Okay. So I, I was, I was very well, working it very carefully, covering my area. Sure. And I did the same as I did in Fort McMurray. If there was an interest, I'd mark it down, call back again. Hmm. Uh, after a year, two years... We'd send them signs of the times again. Okay. A, a subscription on regular signs of the times. Sure. 
I met not only church members, I met non-church members, met pastors, ministers. The community knew that I was doing this. Mm. And I would hear from time to time from different people I'd talked to. Oh, you've been in working out in my area the last couple of weeks. I heard about it. People right. appreciate it, you know, and so it, it was no one. It, mm. it was no one. You know, you have been retired now uh, a few years uh, from full-time ministry, even though you're still sharing your faith full-time. Um, do people ever call you back, the ones you knocked on, their doors, uh, the relationships you've built do you ever get phone calls to go back and serve that family or that community? Not too often. Okay. But uh, there's a few churches that ask me to come back and preach in their church. Uh, okay. People of other faiths sure. come back and preach in the church once a year at least, some more than that. Yes. And uh, I, I do take time for that. Okay. So they're aware of where, where I'm coming from. But there was one community that appreciated what I was doing. We had a church in that community as well. Mm. And at one program, we were running the, we had run the Alpha program okay. for, uh, in the community. It was sponsored by the other church. But I was involved in helping them as well. The next year, I come up with a short series that our church would do for the community and invite everybody the same as they had done. Mm. Now, they were aware that we had, for our uh, communion service, we did the foot washing. Okay. And after a meeting, several of them asked if they could come to our church and observe a foot washing. Mm. Well, this was just before Easter, and we would have a, what we call an agape feast. Sure. Candlelight service, meal, and then the communion service following that. Okay. And I said, we can do that. But I said, as far as you coming to observe, I would feel much more comfortable if your pastor and my pastor worked together. Sure. Deacons from your church, deacons from our church passed it out. It would be Christians celebrating the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ together. Hmm. And they said, well, that would be wonderful. Yeah, we, we, we could work that out. Yeah. And so when I found out how many were coming, I said, no, we can't do it in my church. Too small. Have to <laughs> use your church. No problem. We'll use your church. So yes. we, we did that. And that was one thing that came because they all knew I was visiting. And wonderful. they, when I, when I was there for the communion service, we knew each other. We yes. were friends celebrating Christ's death for all of us. And so, that came right at the end of my ministry. I didn't have a chance to follow it up next year and do it again. I see. So visiting in the community breaks down walls, it Bre sounds definitely like. breaks down walls. Yeah. That is amazing. Now, personally, um, you have this passion, and you started at 17, which is amazing. Someone may be watching today. Most people in ministry have some level of hesitancy when it comes to doing cold calls or not knocking on doors when you don't know people. And there are a lot of ministers who are introverted, believe it or not. What would you say to someone 
who knows that they too can be used by God in reaching their community, but they've been a little shy or a little hesitant. How can you encourage them to go forward? Well, when I was 16, there was no one, very few more as shy as I was. And I stuttered a little bit. Okay. When I went to academy, uh, there was a program for literature evangelists, and I thought, this is something that would interest me. Yes. But people didn't encourage me. My father tried to talk me out of going out and working for the summer. The farm manager, I worked on the farm, and he said, Roy, he said, every person that stays and works at the college during the summer has money to go to school next year. You don't know if you'll have it if you go out and work. Mm. And so I went on my own. But the Lord blessed me. Mm. By the end of the summer, I had more confidence. I wasn't stuttering as bad. And I could see there was a spiritual growth that gave me hope that maybe I can do something. So you never know to step out. Yes. And, but it, like I say, it isn't for everybody. And we do what we feel God calls us to do. But there is a place for every minister to try something unique and different. Wow. A place for every one of us to try something unique and different. And I would challenge them definitely just try something different. And Dan Jackson, when he was my president, he said, we want you to try things. Yes. If it works, share it with everybody. If it doesn't work, we won't tell anybody you tried. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Roy, thank you for being with us on Ministry in Motion. It's been a real pleasure. Well, I've enjoyed sharing. Thank you very much for inviting me down. God bless you. We've learned from a practitioner with passion. Pastor Roy shared five essentials to literature distribution. Number one, he said, don't be afraid to try programs promoted by other denominations if you feel like it could be an entering wedge for you. We also, in our own church, have many literature opportunities and many successful ways in which to reach people. Point number two, most churches have supplies of literature on hand somewhere in the church facility. He said, start with what you have, making sure it's in good condition and doesn't smell musty and it's not too outdated. He said, literature two or three years old isn't outdated, but the artwork should be up to date and relative. Point number three, he said, it may take two or three meaningful visits before people would accept subscriptions to magazines like Signs of the Times and more. Then he also told us each visitor has a different personality and gift, and we work best in our own harness. Find a method you feel most comfortable with. Lastly, he said, everyone is someone's responsibility, and everyone would have at least one visit. Thanks for watching Ministry in Motion. For more, visit our website at ministryinmotion.tv. Until next time, may the Lord bless you in all you do.